Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. A guy I I know once recommended me, uh, back when I first started listening to rock music, I was really into like Queen, Led Zeppelin, and The Who. Mm. And he responded by recommending me that song in particular, Vertigo. U2 is a band, but that song, because he's like, now that I know what kind of music you like. And now I'm actually, I, I really enjoy U2's music, but I'm still like, what? Vertigo sounds nothing like it's such what a you weird get from choice. any of those other three bands. Yeah, yeah. that's a seriously weird choice. Yeah. Speaking of song, speaking like, of random what? rock music, I had like an amazing moment as a old WWE fan because uh, I used to be massively into WWE. I was watching football, my beloved club of uh, Arsenal Football Club, uh, and Ooh, the second half we were winning. We were winning the game. And the guy who's playing the, um, the, the like the PA announcement, or whatever, clearly yeah. clearly thought the players needed to G and up, so they played Triple H's entrance music like out loud in the stadium, what? and I was like, what? Like my brain fully was just oh, like, wow. what's happening? These are two worlds that shouldn't be together. <laughs> That's why it's colliding. It was so weird. It was so weird. I'm Which would be weirder, Triple H or John Cena's theme music? I think like well, no, because John Cena's like kind of like John Cena's like kind of become like a meme, like that music that like yeah. you know yeah. it's become like a bit of a. So I'd almost understand that, but it was just like <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Like it's become a bit of a thing. Whereas like the Triple H is just like do 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 do. I was like. This is so aggressive, and you can see all the like Liverpool. It must have worked because we won the game. All the Liverpool players came out and was just like, "What the? What what's going, going on? on? Are we under attack?" <laughs> I I hear from people that some of the one of the most appealing aspects of the show is just listening to us hanging out. Yeah, like because these riffs and stuff, they like I still think back to Mansu Musa episodes. Like might be my favorite. Uh, it's it, it's it's Unati's it's Unati's response where she's just like, "What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was doing a D and D podcast. The, mo- the moment that Unati realised who she's doing a show with, <laughs> <laughs> it's like dawned on me. I'm like, "Oh, okay." Um, up. Cool. It was every, uh, whenever I tell people that I hadn't met Unati prior to recording the first man, episode, they're always like, J- Jade really? still fully can't believe it. Jade still fully can't believe that you guys didn't know each other beforehand. Yeah, because like, it sounds like three. It sounds like three friends. Yeah, just hanging out. That's what people say. Yeah, for sure. Just only they knew the hatred. Built if only they knew the animosity. Yeah, the loathing. Uh, cool, Unati. Cool. Whenever you are ready. Cool. Hello, everybody. I don't know why I sound like a small child. <laughs> Hi, hey, guys. Hey, my name's Nanny. Uh, I can't wait. Hey, guys. I'm here with my friends. Like, we're just chilling. Talk about D&D. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, what did you kids. do? Talking about D&D. Weekend. Like, I like, I like, 
I finally cast Dimension Door. Oh my god, like, welcome to Three Black Halflings. Like, it was great. I literally walked into that, didn't I? I just walked straight into that barrage of Rinzi. Literally. Okay. You brought this on. You have yourself to blame. I know. Okay, can I introduce the show, though, now? Yeah, introduce the show now. Go. Thank you. Oh my god. Take it away. You do you. Oh my god. You do you. We are here to support you. Stop it. We are here to support you. Anything you need, girl. Okay? Girl, I am here I'm for you. To say. Okay? <laughs> I am so here for you. Hi. And on Wednesdays, we were oh, pink. Oh, God. Okay. Like, can I? Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, sorry. Hi, that's fine. Hi, welcome back uh, to Three Black Halflings. I think I did that the wrong way around as well. Um, I'm, Un- I'm Luyanda Unati Lewis now. It's okay, girl. We will still support you. I am Luyanda Oh Keep pushing. I am Leandro Nancy Lewis Yo, and I am joined by <laughs> Jasper William Cartwright. <laughs> hey guys, my name's Jeremy. But some people, some people Jeremy call me Lil But <laughs> yeah, some people call me Lil JJ. Lil JJ Ray Ray. Of course. JJ Cray Cray. Here we go. So you heard. You so cray cray, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll seamlessly go into the entrance into the opening music. <laughs> no! You will come to terms with your own weakness. Old Prince vibe. Woo. Focus on your task. Yeah. Hey, that's a different kind of nursery rhyme. You now. think this is just a game? And Len. <laughs> I didn't say what it was leaking. We're about to get into something real big now. Just some excitable little children. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> just some of these little girls just like, hey. hey. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about racial representation <laughs> in fantasy gaming, guys. Let's, let's talk, we're talking However, about something we, serious. However, we week. it is now confirmed that Unati has to DM the two of us and a Powerpuff Girls one shot. <laughs> Fine, fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Fair I enough. Love it. I'm I'm more than willing. <laughs> I am ready yeah. and willing to do that. <laughs> Yeah, um, so yeah. down. Uh, amazing. So let's jump into this week's episode. Um, we've already had a fantastic start to today, which is marvelous. The way I love to start recording with lots of laughter and struggling to get through Anything. like two sentences. <laughs> uh, so hi, welcome back to Three Black Halflings. Um, today, today uh, we are going to walk through my DM process, how I create uh, and set up for a session. Um, but I believe that Unati, well, she's usually giggling, but uh, when we had our meeting of the day, she was giggling expressly, ex- explicitly about an example, a tale from the table that she wanted to share with us. Uh, oh, a so, tale. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you, do you want to go ahead and share that, Unati? <laughs> Oh Lord, I've forgotten the, the specific one, but hang on, let me think one second. There's several. What happened? That was oh, the build up. Lovely. I built it up for you. The stakes are. Oh my God! Hard. Stop it, Jeremy! <laughs> You're making it worse. <laughs> oh my God, you Nati, you can do it. Just, just think. Breathe, girl. Just, think about- just breathe. Oh, a tabletop tale. What was really, really funny? We had um, we had lots of fun. Oh yes, this one's good. I don't think I've told this one. So we finally got um, we uh killed. We managed to kill the giant snake and one of the um cultists of Merkel. Um, mm. we finished our it's first encounter. Cultists. I know it's always cultists. And then we 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 went back to the bar and we got really 
um, everybody got to the tavern, the Nikos tavern, and everyone got really sloshed except Angelina's character, Erica Badu. She's just always dropping gold. Like, she got, like, really, really, really wasted <laughs> in character. But, oh, wow. she, but she's, an el- she's an elven ranger, so, like, everybody went off to bed to go and sleep. But there she was, like, med- in her meditative state, trying to pull herself together, going... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually quite fantastic, a visual of, like, an elf <laughs> who doesn't have to sleep and just meditate. <laughs> Like get like getting their getting their shit together. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that thing where you're like in bed and the room's spinning. You yeah. know, like what's that for an elf who's meditating, just trying not to throw breaths. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually love that. It was just so cute. She was so adorable, and she was really like leaning into the role play as well. Like every time Henry would ask her like what your character's doing, she just go, mm-hmm. I'm That's feeling amazing. really good. Really good, yo. I like this meat. <laughs> that was a bit like um... it's it's just actual Erica Badu, just like yeah, really drug Erica Badu yeah. just singing to herself about, about how much she enjoys mead. Yeah, pretty much. I'm so Th- cute. That actually that actually reminds me of one of the uh, sessions that we had, Jeremy, where uh, one of the uh, characters uh, he'd got a little bit drunk. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, he got a little bit drunk, and basically there was like a, there was like the anti magic crystals around this party, so that there was like you know you couldn't spell cast whatever. And it's getting towards the end of the night, and all the important people had left, and so like these waiters were coming around and like taking the magic crystals like off the tables, so people could start casting magic again if they really wanted to. And he was like, the second I am able to uh, cast magic, I'm going to transform myself into a raccoon and go around yeah. eating. Every, all of like the leftovers left on the plates um, <laughs> and what was amazing is that like he basically just ended up eating like his raccoon weight and cheese <laughs> and then he's just this chonky raccoon just this real chonky big boy with, raccoon filled with cheese. Uh, just filled with cheese and then what's even better I'm gonna I'll have I'll put this on, I'll have to put this on our Pinterest or something but uh, um, uh, Eric who plays uh, Pop-Tart was the name of his character uh, ended up drawing this shout out to Eric shout out to Eric um, massive shout out to Eric he ended up drawing uh, this uh, little raccoon with his wheel of cheese and it's oh it's so gl- like a little doodle and Pop-Tart it was, the chonky raccoon the chonky oh, raccoon that's um, so cute yeah two of my little, favorite things little chonky boy Trash, uh, trash puppies and cheese. Trash puppies mm. and cheese. That's what records uh, are. That's trash a, I love it when an episode title just presents itself to you. You know, <laughs> trash, <laughs> trash puppies, puppies and, and cheese. And cheese. <laughs> um, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Did, that reminds me. Did you guys ever see Pound Puppies? Pound. It was puppies. like a. It was like a whole brand. Oh. I don't know if it made it over to. I don't know if it made it really out of the U.S. As in, like, basically it impounded. Yeah, they were all oh, a bunch of puppies oh, no. that had been put in a pound, and they like wanted to. They, like they went on adventures, escaping the pound and and stopping evil. Mm. Uh, but they were called the Pound Puppies. There was like an animated show. There were all kinds of toys. I think in the toys they all looked sad, oh, if I'm remembering what? correctly. But in the show they were like upbeat, crime fighting puppies. I don't know what that tends Did to they- happen though when you make toys of animated things because like animated things have like they have a glint in their eye and the smile's big but yeah, when you when you make there. it like plastic and lifeless there is something slightly unnerving about the the vision of it staring into your soul you know i'm still trying to work out yeah. the mechanics of the pound puppies pound fighting puppies. crime yeah that's... so they had escaped the, they had escaped the pound but they i guess used their moniker 
now is a like reminder? Uh, they reclaimed it. <laughs> yeah, they, re- oh, they reclaimed, reclaimed it because I was like, do they? Do they? Is part of their identity. Escape the pound. And we were puppies back? that met. Yeah, we were puppies that met and escaped from oh. the pound. And I think they continued like fighting like dog catchers because I think the dog catchers. Were well, evil. them dog catchers are evil. Though. That's yeah, just the truth. Yeah. That's just the truth. Um. Sorry if we've got any dog catchers listening to the show. Yeah, or... <laughs> sorry. I mean, <laughs> sometimes look, sometimes it can be a real problem to have a lot of stray feral dogs on yeah, the street. Yeah, exactly. We understand so that you're doing do a job. We understand you're doing a job. But they're puppies, what? though. Uh, adopt. Don't shop. <laughs> yes, adopt. Don't shop. Watch, watch our numbers fall as it turns out we're just really popular with uh, with kennels. With dog yeah, breeders. With, like, kennels and dog yeah, breeders. kennels and dog breeders. They just listen to it on loop. <laughs> <laughs> we get our our homes get like firebombed or not firebombed molotov molotov yeah. cocktailed by the battersea cats and dogs home yeah who just just comes oh wait no they'd be in favor I was of that say, actually. surely they'd be in favor, be in favor. Yeah. never mind yeah <laughs> shout out to the battersea, battersea do- yeah cats battersea and dogs home. home you guys um, are great hello man too good too good um, your process yeah. my pro- yeah so like my process uh D, that's the show we're, we're doing um uh so to the first thing that i thought would be uh, worth talking about is that when i started uh dming um the main reason i started dming is because i've always been obsessed with world building so just to, like preface all of this this is where i'm coming at dming from um i've not had the time i don't think that is required to become uh like uh completely like rule obsessed and to know everything backwards and i that's my the big thing for me like the big piece of advice is like don't let that hold you back from dming i think if you're a good storyteller and you've got like uh and you enjoy that element of storytelling like don't let the rules hold you back because as i discover every single session the players will tell you what the rules are. They will always, always be there to remind you what the rules are. <laughs> uh, Jeremy's smiling at that because he knows. <laughs> uh, all I can say yeah. is, you're well, there we are. Exactly. Jeremy is my teacher and my, and he and a player. <laughs> um, so yes, I'm coming at this from a world from from world building. That's the thing that fascinates me. I love world building, uh, as you probably would have seen with uh, Wakandel. That was uh, a very similar process. And so I thought I'd actually talk a little bit about uh, Wakandel versus the the world that I've created for uh, my homebrew setting, which is a cross between um, Wildmount um, and my own ideas. Uh, so basically what I would start off with is like, uh, I, I quite like starting off with is uh, populating the world with like some key players, like some key uh, figures, some characters, some... Um, so with the Wakandel, uh, I started off with El Rondi um, and uh, the, uh, the, the the brothership. And with my uh, other campaign, I started off with the um, uh, the the Drow Queen uh, that's in Wild Wildmount, and I just basically wanted to I wanted to basically play around with I basically imagined organically what those characters would do in certain situations, put them in, putting them in scenarios, and then just trying to imagine what happens slightly more organically, and then making a framework for what happened uh, before the start of our campaign through kind of character action. That's just how I like to world build. Um, building it from a character perspective or from individual character perspective because then that way I find it really easy then then if they meet those characters or if they meet someone who knows about this character there's like a really rich history to the actual character themselves not just a place Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's how I that's how I start um, the process and then when it comes to 
actual uh like the individual session uh or individual sessions uh, i think i mentioned this when unati was speaking actually was that i will take uh towns and things uh i usually i make my own maps um but i will take a town out of like say the wild mount thing and look at it and go oh i quite like the way this is set up and um uh and i will take that and basically change what i need to change but put it mostly just like in my setting just fit it into my setting like a bit of a puzzle piece uh because like i said before the big thing for me is that i find i can get too lost in the minutiae of detail and it just it's not fruitful for me to be sitting there thinking of what every npc's name is ahead of time and what uh everyone's job is ahead of time so if i've got the rule the framework of a, of a rule book or of a, of a set to help me i'm gonna use it because otherwise as a dm it's just too much so i think like a massive thing for me is like don't feel that you have to take too much on uh as the dm like don't t torture yourself by trying to create the whole world um because it's it's I, I i would say it's physically impossible uh unless you are like you know like brennan lee mulligan or matt mercer or whatever who are like just have encyclopedias for brains <laughs> clearly um uh so yeah that's a lot of the in terms of like building a town building the world uh, and then in terms of building an individual session generally what i'll do is i actually use i started using trello um it's really helpful like an online little like bullet point uh, board thing uh and basically my idea the reason why i use that more than i find it very difficult to like write things out uh like paragraphs uh what i tend to do is i'll write uh lists of things that i can then really quickly just refer to i can go like oh okay so npcs is like a list and i can click on the npc and there's a description of the npc because that way i find it really easy then for when the players throw curveballs at me i can instantly like okay cool they're going to that location i can click on that location's tab and i've got all the information there um so that's just the way i organize my myself i don't know if you guys do similar organization like, i don't know if you guys organize mm. organize yourself in that way mm. um i think you kind of spoke to it you know i see that yeah I, yeah I, I kind of do i'm sort of like a pen and paper kind of person though still at this point i will look into trello but i guess it's a similar i guess i mean you're speaking to like a similar kind of process you need to get things really in an easily accessible way and as quickly yeah. as possible mm -hmm. so that's yeah, the sort of fingertips um so i think that would be quite cool actually because then I could also stop wasting so much paper. Um, <laughs> and also like, and then also behind my DM screen, I can just have my laptop then and it's not, it doesn't get as cluttered as well. Yeah. Well, that's a big thing uh, for me about like the paper and stuff as well is like, because I use things like DND Beyond or um, I use like name generators and stuff like that. Again, there's mm -hmm. so many tools online, like use them. Mm. Like, please don't feel like you have to generate all this stuff yourself because again, it is just impossible and you'll only enrich your and the player's experience by like relying on these tools that people have made because they are so, so useful. Mm -hmm. um, but like I have links to everything on my Trello board. Um, I'm going to see if I can actually, I'm going to look to see what, uh, so yeah, I've got, uh, in here, I've got like town generators. If I needed one of those on the fly, I've got NPC generators, magical items, loot generators, uh, things like that, because that's the sort of thing that like, you just don't have time to do. Like, and also it means that you can be more adaptive with things like rewards. Like if play, if a player does something really, really cool, instead of just saying like, amazing, you get this, you just, you get inspiration or whatever. What you can do then is. 10 minutes later they can do roll a perception check and find a chest 
and because they did something really cool in that chest there's something there's a, like there's some cool items or there's some money or and like, i do that quite a lot where like players won't necessarily know that that's a reward for their role playing or for what they've done mm-hmm. but they'll feel rewarded generally like they'll feel like oh that was cool but we just randomly found loads of gold mm. you know but actually in my head i'm like well you played that moment really well and that really enriched the story and etc etc so i'm going to reward you for that now by giving you something mm-hmm. um and so that's okay so yeah that's uh, so i so relying on things like uh generators uh, it, i find particularly helpful awesome um I think it's also important because uh, to not spend. I think the the way that you the fact that you use generators and th- uh, things like that make all makes a lot of sense because in a lot of cases those small details of just the names of NPCs and mm. maybe wh- how the town functions, where exactly different parts of the town are in uh, relation to each other, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, um, unless they become plot points, yeah. a lot of times they don't even, like, players don't even retain that information. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's just something that's just kind of there for them to refer to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in a mo- like, in a, in a one moment. So I think it even, I think it's very helpful to save time that way. Yeah. That makes yeah, a lot no, of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I was just looking at um, a town generator. This is the first time I'm hearing of this thing. And that makes it a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. That's just like, I absolutely broke it down. Like, I don't have to stress about, like, ridiculous detail. I mean, like, they're not ridiculous, but, like, I can just go, okay, cool. There's a tavern, there's a blacksmith, there's that, a town guard, right. Awesome, sorted. And, like, the, um, like, I love, I really, really love, and, like, to anyone who makes them, like, I'd be interested in making some myself, but, like, one-sentence story hooks like seek these things out like they are everywhere they're in like if you do a town generator if you do like a tavern generator all these kinds of things there'll be like little one sentence story hooks about like a character like uh, and that that excites me as a dm where i suddenly there's something like someone saw a large footprint just outside of town and someone went missing two nights ago or something like that like that's all it could be and suddenly you go oh that could be this and also like quite often those things will tie into the narrative of your story as well i can give this example now actually because we've, we've got past this uh past this point but um mm. the um so in my campaign there the, the 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 party was on their way to find this amulet of great power um mm. and i had a very clear idea for a, a, quite a while about what was going to be waiting for them when they got there and everything mm. like that but they ended up meeting this character uh who i rolled up basically using like the wild mount roll guide i rolled up this character and he threw some really interesting like some really interesting roles came up um and it said that basically like he'd gone on a it, like literally as i rolled it it was like he'd gone on a quest to find an item uh and he'd he felt like he'd betrayed someone close to him and then instantly from there i had this i basically got this whole story thread which turned out to i think hopefully worked pretty well in the session which kind of we've kind of resolved that story thread last night where basically like this guy went with the adventuring party decided to go with them because he'd already previously looked for the amulet and his sister had seemingly died in the search for this amulet but then when they got there it turns out the sister had been basically transformed into this like underwater sea fury uh been like she'd been twisted by the magic and um and by and by the surroundings and there was like so then there was this whole like emotional like the whole party then had this really like emotional connection to the place 
purely because I rolled up this one character who happened to just give me like a really just that like extra little nugget that I needed to really make not th this mission not just like a go here defeat these guys get that thing it then became go there oh no that's his sister there's a moral question here wow how do we navigate this and it became personal and like that came about because I used uh, because I allowed myself to just like I allowed myself to like be collaborative, I guess, in a sense. Like, th and this was a this is a this is a massive thing uh, that I was going to get onto, but I'll throw it out there now. Uh, be collaborative. Be collaborative with your players. Be collaborative with yourself. Be collaborative with the with the tools that you have online. Like, don't just rely on your own skill set and your own like um, brain, unless you're like, you know, unless you are some incredible world building genius. Do you know what I mean? I know after previous episodes, not probably not the best example, but unless you're like Tolkien and could magic up this entire world <laughs> but you know what I mean I was like nah, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head so yeah I mean yeah. I don't think it's a bad but, but yeah, example exactly. to use he did there's a lot of incredible exactly. world there's building some phenomenal there world building it's like, which, which but, yeah. set a precedent for a lot of things and whatever so unless you're like that or unless you have the time to do that as well because mm -hmm. realize like it takes so much time I spent probably the best part of four hours prepping which is too long don't spend that long <laughs> you don't need to spend that long that's just me being obsessive uh and i was doing a lot of fore planning for stuff that was going to come afterwards and etc but it, it it can take a long time it can take a long time if you don't allow yourself to be really collaborative and really open yourself up to influence like and other influences which is what we chat about literally all the time mm -hmm. um uh, uh, on the show so yeah once i've done the world building i've looked at towns and where they're going to come into it then i look at players and i look at w then what they bring to the table um i'll get players to send me a backstory uh, i never quite perfected this with the current campaign like i kind of i wish i'd kind of gone a bit more into that but it's okay because it kind of it did develop over time and we've got more invested in uh, backstories but um and so then, for instance, what I will do is if I've mapped out a couple towns, I'll go, oh, that town there, that could be the mm -hmm. town that they're from. And then again, with the information they've given me and with the stuff that's already in the book, I've already got a really solid town, which has got history, which has got loads of stuff going on in it and which has a personal connection to the player. And I've actually had to do very little there. Do you know what I mean? I've actually, As a DM, I've had to do very little in terms of creating then something that feels really unique, really authentic and really true to a player. Yeah. Um and so again, like that's hmm. another another just example of being collaborative, allowing your players to have a real influence, and allowing something else to have uh, have an influence. Um, and so yeah, like talking to you know, I obviously would I spoke to you uh, a lot, um, Jeremy, about your character Dennis, uh, like what he could do, what his mm -hmm. um, uh, what his family environment is like what certain items meant to, like the, there's a mm -hmm. huge uh, story arc at the moment currently about your hat like <laughs> uh which you brought yeah it's yeah. my entire reason for being um, here which again you kind of brought that to the table um and now i've sort of i've i've interweaved that into the very fabric of of the story because i know that that's what's going to keep dennis really invested and really involved in in this in the story arc actually brings up the we actually had a uh, uh, um a question on twitter about actually how you increase uh role playing which i think we'll cover in a, in a later episode um because i think it is a really important thing like we i mean we're actors so we're very lucky in the sense that we've been taught improv and that kind of thing yeah. um and character investment is kind of the name of the game what we do <laughs> yeah if we, if we can't do that then yeah. uh, there's an issue yeah. there's a problem maybe you should go into accounting 
Yeah. <laughs> it's either acting or accounting. Those are your options. Yeah, that's the two options. As, as actors, we see we're very simple. And when it comes up to the jobs thing, we literally go actor, accountant. We, we get bored after uh, that. that. Yeah, it's a little known fact. You know, All actors, very gifted at math. Very gifted mathematicians. Very highly gifted. Yeah, it was for pretty much any actor you speak to, the choice was between either acting or chartered accountancy. Well, (laughs) that's exactly it. If you pick the acting backstory, then you get a proficiency in accounting. Yeah, Yeah. plus two to intelligence. Yeah, plus two to intelligence, proficiency with with accounting. Um, uh, (laughs) I I love that because I'm so terrible at maths i was there with like three calculators last I night trying to calculate at maths i mean it's not even math it's just basic arithmetic i don't know why i dm i'm like because mm. i can't count i really can't count <laughs> so why yeah. am i doing this <laughs> that's funny yeah that's it's funny. it seems to be actually the the reverse is typically true like you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. actors are usually really they have a rough time with math yeah 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 yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too bad, I guess. Anyway, moving on uh, <laughs> to uh, to my next point. Um, feel free to like chime in, by the way. If you We're have any all questions mathematically impaired. Um, I I have a question. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So you you in create so you start by creating the world, and you mm-hmm. said that you create the world by creating specific characters and then building the world around them right yes yes okay yes. but the, uh, and then you also said that when w- collaborating with your players you try to then work them into the world but you mentioned mm-hmm. that you haven't gotten a chance to do that as much with your at least the campaign that i'm in i, I can't speak mm. for the other campaign that you run uh what are it sounds like you were you're in the process of sort of reconsidering or reimagining mm. your approach to that and i uh, my question would be how you might reimagine your approach going forward in terms of integrating characters backstories into the world that you've created yeah i think to be honest i i wasn't necessarily displeased with like the the approach that i took i just don't think i went far enough with my players i don't think i sat down with my players to say to them like uh, uh, and like kind of challenge them to really give me something uh, like I think like like Jeremy's like very very generous as a player and will send through lots of information and it was only sort of once I realized how much more nuanced I felt Dennis was as a character than like other people in the campaign mm-hmm. especially in those early sessions mm-hmm. I suddenly mm-hmm. went oh like I should have challenged other people to come up to that level mm. because it's fun for them and like, i know and like, i know that all of these the, all of the, the the guys that play in that game are totally invested so i don't think that's something they wouldn't want to do mm. or they wouldn't have time to do or whatever mm. i think they'd absolutely want to do it it's just i think i as a dm didn't challenge them enough to say okay but like uh what's your relationships to these people or what's your relationship oh. to uh to to this and just so that i can really get like a well-rounded idea of a character so that i oh, can I then okay. work things in that challenge them Okay. Yeah. To, okay. Ki- ki- kind of to, to to your question as well. The reason why I do it that way round as well, and this is uh, something that you've kindly com- uh, complimented me on before, which is that I very much feel like players, sh- especially at the start, should feel like really small in the world. I love that mm. feeling as a player. I love feeling mm. like I'm not the center of the world, mm. and that I am like almost like I'm surviving and existing and trying to make a name for myself and forging my way. Cause that way, that's where that way it feels like a real adventurous story. Cause it doesn't feel like I just jump in and I'm already Aragon at the end of the third <laughs> film. But I am like, I am literally like Frodo in my little village 
and it's suddenly true. it gets attacked by ring wraiths and I'm running for my life and I, I like that's the that's the story arc that I'm in D and D for. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like the full yeah. scale kind of yeah, like the peaks and troughs, the the uh, that sort of thing. So that's why. I very specifically like build a world first mm-hmm. and then drop the characters in and I let them definitely have like an influence over the things immediately around them and um and, and sure if one of them if someone has like a particularly big idea or whatever I'm not going to say no to anything but like I drop them into a world so that the world then feels lived in already and that's like mm-hmm. the big thing for me is like making sure the players know that this world was going on long before they were born and probably long after they will eventually die because then that way yeah. I feel like there's a there's just that sense of consequence and there's a sense of like that things could happen at any point and it's a bit more it's 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 just a, it's alive um mm-hmm. I mean I don't know you might not even feel like that <laughs> all, no, I, I completely agree. No, I, I was just about to say, uh, one of the things that really stood out to me at the very beginning of the campaign, uh, the campaign started with my character and the other PC. We started with two PCs having been captured. Um, I can't remember. I think my character had let himself be captured, but I can't remember. Yes. Like as part yeah, of like, you a covert had... thing. Well, no, because you, you were chasing uh, your hat. The, you, you... Yeah, I was chasing my hat, chasing hat and I pretended, like I basically let myself be captured and then freed my like it was a, a bunch of crazy stuff happened but it was i remember distinctly the the fact that we like on that first journey there were uh there was like a whole tower a watchtower of drow that we encountered plus an entire city and even as we, in this huge forest and this city had completely altered the landscape of the surrounding area with all of this weird ash or whatever mm-hmm. like snow type stuff falling and it was uh, and, and as we were approaching the city, uh, the, the gates opened and this convoy <laughs> of like with these gigantic monsters and these crazy machines came rolling out. And, uh, I just, I remember very distinctly being like, oh, okay. Yeah, we are small. <laughs> uh, I'm just a dude looking for my hat. Uh, and that was like, a, that was a very, that was a very cool moment. Uh, cause even, even in your normal D and D campaign, when you start out relatively, small low Mm. level you usually start in relatively at least in my experience relatively small settings yeah like maybe you go into a dungeon or whatever you don't go up to like a city with a a population of potentially tens of thousands (laughs) uh and you see like the monarchs as i guess we later found out leaving in a massive armed convoy with these machines that it's like okay yeah i couldn't even hope to yeah like anything that's crazy These these people are way out of my pay grade, yeah. <laughs> and we started it. We started pretty strong. We started at level, yeah, level five, five, so yeah. we were already pretty powerful. But it, it was very clear from that moment, like okay. So as soon as we then went into the city, it felt like the stakes were raised because we now have to sneak through the city, and we can't afford to get caught because this isn't just you know some nebulous place mm-hmm. where it's like oh yeah some guards might show up. I now understand this place has these people have military might. <laughs> so if we end up with like a, a force of police officers coming mm-hmm. after us, this could be I mean we could get swatted. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like... It's time we thank this week's sponsor Scent Air. Halflings, let me ask you a question. Do any of you suffer from nose blindness, or did you suffer from nose blindness? Because I used to, until my wife uh, introduced me to what you could do with a space if you made it smell, you know, a little bit better. Scent Air has over 30 years of experience scenting homes, stores, event spaces, and beyond. And now, you can shop online and scent the mood of your home or business. Scent air diffusers are sleek and fill your space with a vivid and subtle fragrance for up to 300 hours. Just imagine 
filling your home with the smell of fresh linen. Just imagine filling your home with the smell of fresh linen sheets for 300 hours. The Scent Air app also lets you schedule your fragrance and control the intensity right from your phone. Scent Air is available online in the US, Canada, and now in the UK and France. And now you may be thinking to me, well, maybe do I need this? Do I need this? Let me throw out something for you. Imagine scenting your D&D spaces. You've got a crew coming over and you really want to get them into the mood. So you light your candles, you get your snacks ready, and then what do you do? You fill the room with a gorgeous scent that is so evocative of the world that they're going to be in. Perhaps your party is going to explore a new and incredible marketplace, and so you fill the air with Tuscan orange scent, or even pink grapefruit, or sun shower. Or maybe they're going to a sophisticated party and so you fill the air with a dark vanilla pomelo scent. Or perhaps it's a classic pirate-themed adventure and so you fill the air with an ocean scent. Or island breeze. This year, try luxury home fragrance trusted by pros by going to scentair.com and using the promo code HALFLINGS for 25% off your first order. That's HALFLINGS for 25% off your first order. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Like a hundred police uh, show up, heavily armed, like crossbows and everything. Like, yeah, that could, that would, it gave a real sense of scale and stakes and it made the world, as you said, feel very lived in so i thought that was a really i thought that was really effective because i think um and that was a big one for me was that was actually probably a bit of my inexperience in the sense that like i hadn't listened to a lot of like shows and i engaged uh i was really just coming at this like what's the story that i wanted to tell and therefore like i never once considered like the, te the the group meeting in a tavern you know like at the start in like a little village it was just that was never going to happen in my head like it was always going to start we were always mm -hmm. going to start at 10 and then we'd dial it back for a bit and then we'd get back to 10 do you know what i mean yeah. like that was just always the way that yeah. i wanted my narrative to unfold and i and i think that it help, helps to make it feel like a more unique setting um especially if you're playing with experienced players who are probably expecting to like hey first few sessions we're just going to be mosey on around this town and and you know and whatever and i i wanted to like immediately engage them immediately kind of have their backs up against the wall a little bit and be like hey we've just we've got to be clever about this and we because you know you're forcing the players to work together and mm. uh and that sort of thing it's a, it's it's important uh in, in my opinion um yeah and then absolutely the last sort of major thing that I always kind of remind myself, and I have this again written on my trailer in like big letters, is like trust the dice and trust yourself. Yeah. Um, and by that, I mean uh, for a long time, I think generally we probably get this in life anyway, like I had full like imposter syndrome doing D like DMing when I was like listening to like Critical Role and Dimension 20. And I was like, why am I DMing? Like I have no right to do this. These, this is a masterful art done by orators of our time. You know? And I'm, and I'm here like, okay, and like, easy, you know, easy, easy. and I'm here like, Oh, what's a kobold? Oh, do you know what I mean? um, but I think but what I mean by trust the dice and trust yourself is that, like trust the dice will tell will weave a story which will be engaging like that is why we use dice in this game we don't just say this happens and this happens it's because the dice allow will always give you 
they're, they're almost like a crutch for you to rely on. Do you know what I mean? Like, I quite often, if I'm not sure about the way something would happen or the way an NPC would react or the way that, or whether that would cause some catastrophic effect or something, do you know what I mean? I will just roll for it. I will just roll for it and just say, I'm going to trust the dice and see what happens. So quite often, if like, an M- if like one of the characters is rude to an NPC who is a bit hot-headed, I just roll and see how that, how that NPC is going to react. And I say, okay, like on a 15 or higher, they're going to like fly off the rails and l- reach across the table and punch them. Do you know what I mean? Um, and <laughs> it always leads to more interesting results than me just trying to generate all the time, generate, generate, generate. Uh, and then, yeah, trust yourself is a big one because so uh very i think we've had this discussion and you're going to talk about this later when you do your session mm-hmm. planning um which is that i mm-hmm. i quite enjoy i say quite enjoy i sometimes end up like improvising like law of the world and the the main reason it is is because again i'm very comfortable in the framework that i've made in the box that i make for myself and I, so i know the limitations of the world i know where i'm gonna get towards like world breaking stuff <laughs> and so i can avoid that but the main reason is like i find that stuff like law with certain types of players is like can be like the most rewarding thing and to feel like you've had like an impact on the law or that like the law is directly referencing you somehow mm. is like one of those things that you you can truly mm. make a player feel like special or like like that they're that they're on a mission or they're doing something mm. um and so like i last, will you did that last night even, yes when we yes. played uh, uh. So yeah, I'll, it's basically uh, in this campaign. Uh, there is uh, I'm using the wild mount as a framework, and it introduces the idea of dunamancy, which is this, uh, which is the sort of exploration of time and space through magic. Um, and I kind of wanted to just sort of see how I could push that further, and so I came up with a mechanic for a, 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 a version of time travel. Basically, it's like where you could go and you can. Uh, you can talk to like previous light, like previous, um, not previous selves, uh, but you can talk to people back at a, a specific in point of uh, uh, in history, yeah, in the mm. past. And so, what happened was they ended up influencing the futures so when they came back out of this, like this uh, mirror, which is what they passed through. Things had changed around them. They're, they're like, and 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 that again. That I I had to. I knew when I created the framework for this thing. I knew that I was going to have to be ready to improvise what was then going to happen. I had some ideas, things that mm-hmm. would throw out, but ultimately your players are always going to throw you through a loop. Always. <laughs> so <laughs> um, you've always just got to be ready to be like. Um, I think you've always got to be comfortable enough to not break the world, but still be able to re- like to be able to reward the players with stuff like that because mm-hmm. it can be it can be really really rewarding, um, I think. And I th- it, yeah, and I think it works out well. And I think that the the look on the players' face. So basically, last night what happened is they went ba- they went basically through this mirror, and when they came out, mm-hmm. there was these runes on the floor, and it and it basically the rune pertained to the species that each of them were. Okay. So it was like there was a word mm. for cat, there was a word for halfling, mm. there was a word for dragonborn, and there was a word for drow, mm. which is the which is basically the adventuring party. That's like the the species they are. Cat with tabaxi, but mm. it was a whole translation thing in dwarvish. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> dwarves apparently have not met a whole lot. Of a whole lot of tabaxi, yeah. In official D and D lore. So uh, yeah, and so basically, uh, but the look on like the players' faces when they were like, "Oh no, we've we've done mess with stuff," like we've done. Like you know, like things have done, like they happen. They've happened. Like what are we like? And and like it's just that idea of consequences and stuff. And like that was one of the best moments for me as a DM when I sat and watched their faces. Like, 
Oh, this is bad. This is this. Is, I've seen enough sci-fi movies to know this is bad. This is very, very bad. <laughs> we exit. There's a halfling army just outside. Yeah. So Dennis. Like, um, but you ended up you ended up coming face to face with like the big bad last night as well. Yeah. Uh, entirely by your own actions and that was a bit of a scary moment <laughs> yeah so had you planned um, for that eventuality was that one of the uh, i i knew that was one of the permutations yeah that was one of the permutations of that um, what if someone else was... had died is my question by the way we had a pc death sorry for no one we we did have a pc death yeah uh, we did have a pc death last night uh who had been Aww. like there since like the proper start of the campaign it was i i honestly i was like i because uh i had to yeah, he roll joined in the second uh, session didn't he he joined in the second session yeah, of the campaign yeah he's he's yeah. been there the whole time and uh, lots of sessions now we're like uh we're like nearly 20 sessions i think of like three to four hours like it was, oh, wow. it was deep we were deep in yeah um and uh i was like shaking because i had to roll basically he was entangled with snakes uh, and he'd already failed two death saves, and if they hit him one more time, then that was it. He was gone, and they don't have a cleric uh, in, the, ah! in the party. Yeah, and the bard so, had polymorphed himself into a shark, so, so he couldn't cast healing word or anything. Couldn't, ha- couldn't cast healing that round and all this stuff. So uh, I was literally, and I remember I was like rolling this thing, and I was like, right, they get a plus six, so if they get above a ten, so it was like literally it was like a 50-50 chance that he died, and I was literally shaking as I rolled this dice, and it came up as a 15 uh and it was it was an incredible i was like oh man i felt my uh, my heart was going like tens of yeah. dozen i saw jeremy's face just like <gasps> poetically <laughs> like, totally. poetically he basically the reason that that character went down was because of a, a sea hag ability whereby if a character is frightened they can use a, an ability called death glare and reduce death glare, that yeah. creature to zero hit points if it fails a wisdom saving throw and he yeah. he this uh character had been frightened for the whole fight and he kept mm-hmm. trying to roll wisdom saves to get out of being frightened and i believe the last and two rolls failing. that he'd rolled were 15 and the dc was yeah 16. And, the, and the dc 16 so 15 yeah. 15 and then he dies on a 15 and this is what Brutal. i'm saying about trusting the dice because like moments like that like watching him get two 15s knowing what the hag was going to do next because she had six hit points left and she was fully she was like hell mary time like yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. um uh it was it was it was insane it was insane and like there is um so much of th- that whole fight that happened seemed incredibly geared towards his character for like loads of reasons and it was yeah it was just a really I'm sad it was just now. a really fascinating yeah, it was thing. really sad um it was... but but you know what was amazing though is like the guy who uh played the character like messaged me afterwards and was like mate i don't think that could have been like better in terms of like what happened when he died and then how it happened afterwards mm-hmm. and what happened afterwards mm-hmm. um and so like even though he died he felt like genuinely fulfilled okay, cool. that he died because it was such a specific set of roles and circumstances yeah. and because yeah. the dice was there and it was that was just the way that it, it panned out it was yeah it's 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 um it can be it, it can be a really um yeah trusting the dice and trusting yourself can be it can make some incredible yeah. stories like some truly incredible stories yeah. and just like those unique moments that i think you play D D for yeah do you know what i mean like that nat that nat nat 20 which convinces that person to do the thing that you needed the whole campaign or yeah. do you know what i mean like that is and it's the build-up and the and and the unknown nature of what that dice roll could be 
is i think what draws us to the to the game mm, mm. um yeah r.i.p gundan mall r.i.p gundan mall uh yeah played by ryan our friend ryan who's been mentioned several yeah, times he is. on he this re- podcast yeah. as the originator of the yeah we got it in <laughs> we got it in yes every episode uh r.i.p gundan mall may you yeah in peace <laughs> forevermore <laughs> Um, yeah, I was just going to throw out to you guys if you had any questions. That was like a brief, a uh, bit of a scattergun uh, thing as to how I approach uh, DMing mm. and, and what I do. But that's probably indicative of my DMing style. It probably is uh, a, a little bit messier than others, but yeah, I find it works for me. And it's what really excites me about playing is I like the, uh, the, the nature of it being always changing and always moving. Um, oh. So yeah, I just if you had any questions, um, just I could go into notes. a bit more about adapting <laughs> um, uh, adapting like, um, written content or, or whatever yeah i think uh my question would be um when you're drawing from existing sources mm. such as the wild mount book so you're basically uh, did you you started with your own ideas because mm-hmm. wild mount had not come out when we started no, this campaign. it had not and then you took wild mount and worked it into what you'd already come up yep. with right mm-hmm. uh was that mainly was that well, actually, I can't ask too many specific questions about this particular campaign because then that would be spoilers <laughs> exactly. for our campaign. But uh, um, I guess my question would be, was that more a matter of taking what you already had and then saying, okay, let's throw this stuff from this book onto it and maybe and add these mechanics in or different ideas like you, how you mentioned you used uh, for the character uh, Valtran, uh, also known as Voltron, that you used the the wild mount tables <laughs> to roll for the traits that he had, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. The, the, my question was: it a case of that, or was it a case of you seeing stuff in the book and then saying, "Oh, let's use that," and then I'm just gonna work my world around it to make sure it fits in? Yeah. No. Definitely the former. Uh, I think there because what the the process that in uh, that excited me and what i liked about the wild mount setting was because there was so much that the, uh, there was so much that like seemed to fit as it was uh this was even before i listened i started listening to critical role uh before but i wasn't even listening to the show by, by the time i'd come up with this uh, campaign but um it, it, there was a lot that just generally excited me about uh the campaign setting itself um and what it suddenly what i suddenly realized was like oh this is a really really good way of me fleshing the world out with stuff that i was never going to get to it was like the way i kind of imagine it in my head is like i had i was able to plan for you to go from a to b to c whereas use adding the the guide um like sort of in and using that meant that you could then go to d to f and then go back to B. Do you know what I mean? It kind of is, it gave oh, okay. me the framework for you to then venture outside of the kind of core narrative or side quests that I'd pre-planned because suddenly I had a framework where you could then easily just walk to the next town and I would have the next town ready to go. I see. Uh, as opposed so it really to the, helped you fill the world in a lot more. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it just meant me fill, like, to colour it in, really. Like, I'm, I, I, I had a sketch and then suddenly I could apply the colour. Mm. And um, just, again, like, things like uh like trade and the the people who govern the, the cities and the towns and stuff like that it's just like uh, it just allowed me to do to add in those things that just enrich the world again give it that lived in feel uh okay. so that's probably what i'd say okay cool okay uh yeah. the prosecution rests no further questions <laughs> <laughs> um yeah 
yeah. I d- did you have anything I else, or? No, I literally have just been sat here making notes. <laughs> 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 Don't make too many notes. Like, My way is not ooh, is not the way. <laughs> oh, I'm just. It is a good way though. Jasper's a, a very way. good DM. You guys all heard it uh, on the last episode. Well, was it the last episode? No, you had it started no. several episodes ago. Several episodes ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was It was good. Yeah. It was good, um, right? Yeah, I just heard of th- thousands of audience thousands members. Thousands of audience members. <laughs> We've Reps, gone from three to thousands. Uh, it's thousands over the life of the entire show. Yes. However long that li- yeah, <laughs> However exactly. long they stay up on streaming platforms. Yeah. Uh, Two thousand people <laughs> will eventually have listened and listened to this one episode um, over the course of years. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Uh, it the, was really good. Uh, actually, there was one thing I just forgot that I was going to throw in really quickly uh, before we wrap up this session, uh, which is to bring it back to our diversity uh, question on how to navigate things like moral quandary uh, and um, having groups of bad guys that you can just beat up because they bad. Um, one thing that I found really, really useful if you do want to have humanoid enemies is, like, making the the group of enemies really diverse. I do that, like, all the time. And I just make them explicitly bad guys. But they're, mm. because there's a, like, there's a group of them from all different walks of life who are basically, they have a commonality, which is being bad guys. <laughs> do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, united by the, our love of being bad. Being bad, yeah. And, like, because then... <laughs> they're all just snapping... <laughs> Yeah. Girl, yeah, here we are, the bad guys coming to town. Um when but because jet- <laughs> But because they're but, but because you sort of make them into like an amorphous group of we we do explicitly bad things for bad reasons, mm-hmm. um, it kind of allows us to get out of the the the, the thing of like oh why are they why are they doing this for, for what reason and what do you know what i mean yeah. and i'm saying this is very rare instances but it's a good way of if like if you want that roving band of bandits just not making them all orcs or not making yeah. them all goblins yeah. making them orcs goblins humans elves you know i think i literally in one of the other ones i do i literally described the the leader of this group being like this really rough like scar down face uh elf <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah. really kind of like gruff and sort of horrible looking uh elf who was just uh, was out to kill everything that he that they could that they could see um just this grizzled hideous elf man yeah <laughs> but, but, but get him yeah, get them, boys. Um, <laughs> but because, and then because the rest of the crew were all really diverse, there was like, there was kobolds, there was goblins, there was uh, humans. Uh, it, it just, it, it eliminates that kind of like trepidation of feeling like, uh, yeah, well, this just seems weird that we're just destroying a whole group of one thing because they, you know. Yeah. Uh, so just, I just thought I'd throw that out there as a cool. potential, uh, as a potential little aid. Um, but this has been fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Feel free. Thank you very much. That was great. Uh, feel free to uh, hit us up on uh, on Twitter. I, I did a lot of talking that episode. Just tell me on Twitter if you just I want me to talk less. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I enjoyed listening. I to enjoyed it. listening. It was very informative. Well, well, yeah. I don't care about you. I care about the audience. <laughs> Okay, well then I'm no longer going to be supportive and complimentary then, Jasper. Yeah, I support you, Nati. Uh, uh, I've I switched always... my. I, well, I was already supported both of you, but now all of my support has gone too. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but no, this has been it's been fun talking about my process. Um, DMs get on Trello. I can't recommend it enough. I've got a great template uh, that I found online for a Trello board. Mm. Use it. It's so good. Um, but this has been. Uh, this this episode sponsored always. by Trello. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. If, if only. Please. If only. Trello, if you're out there, hit us up. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Just, just, just th- at at TB Halflings on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? Just, just slide on in. Just say hello. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the next the, from now on will be called the Trello Tales. <laughs> like complete <Yeah>. rebranding. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say this is one last thing I forgot to say, Jasper. Mm. I wanted to compliment you on in your DMing because I don't oh. think you got. I don't think you went too far into this when you were talking about it. But I think the amount of flexibility uh, that you offer your players in how they affect the world mm. is also very commendable. Even in the very first session, mm. um, when when I encountered these frozen treants, and mm. like I don't know if you had anticipated me attempting to strike up a conversation with one of the treants, no. but. <laughs> Yeah, but it, and you ended up spinning out this whole thing about, like, oh, yes, the heart of the treants was taken, and because of your affinity to forests, uh, the, you show love to these treants, and they're willing to help you out by destroying this drow tower. Well, yeah, okay, and I think you'd also rolled, like, get our heart back. You'd rolled, like, a, uh, like, I remember, I was like, okay, the DC's gonna be pretty high, these guys are frozen, they wouldn't use their energy to just talk to, like, a random, a random person. Uh, but you rolled like a natural 20 on a persuasion roll or something. And I was like, I've got to yeah. reward this. And so, yeah, the Treants ended up taking down this drow tower that was up ahead, which paved the way for you guys to basically like fly in and, and get your stuff back. Um, yeah. And actually, that's I mean, we haven't gotten to do it yet, but that's something that my character now is that's one of his goals like his on his list goals, of things yeah. is to go get the go get the heart of the tree back it did like literally I said brings I it up every single session he literally was like but, but, but what about this tree ants yes. guys we need to we need to talk about his tree <laughs> i dennis is secretly the lorax he speaks for the tree he speaks yeah. for the tree ants um but no but that, yeah, yeah and you've done that consistently throughout the campaign yeah in a number of different ways uh, including Dennis Colespring Industries. Oh, don't even get me started uh, on Dennis Colespring Industries. I can't wait. I can't wait to see where that I, goes. I had to become, I had to have a PhD in business studies all of a sudden <laughs> when Dennis decided that he wanted to make a branded hotel uh, out of a house that they had been gifted. Mm-hmm. He basically wanted to make the Dennis Colespring Hotel and set up like a little empire in this uh, in this city. Yeah. Um, and like we've got merchandise as well. We're, merch, we're going into hoodies, shoes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and this is like we, genuinely happened uh, in game. This genuinely happened in game. Uh, yeah. And he was there, like negotiating with like the mayor of the town, uh, negotiating like what uh, like rights and shares the mayor had, and he had like he had started the controlling and stage. And it was. Yeah. And I remember we have business cards. I remember and everything. sitting there just being like, oh, I, oh, man, that is like that is like hours of my life that now will be spent working out what happens to Thunder Lagoon as Dennis Colespring Industries takes over. <laughs> like, Thunder Lagoon, a Dennis Cole Springs subsidiary. Think, yeah, Dennis Cole Springs City. Um, so yeah, that's. Um, so thank you for that. It can get you. In, it can get you. It can get you into. It can get you into some sticky situations. Being too good to your. Uh, being too good to your players. But your players will love you for it. Indeed, yeah. they will love you for it. Uh, so thank you very much for listening uh, to this episode of Three Black Halflings. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Hit us up on Twitter at TB Halflings, and I believe soon, maybe we'll be on Reddit. By yes. this point, we'll probably Yay. be on Reddit. Yeah, yeah by we right will. Now. 
we were. How does that? How does Reddit work, Unati? Talk to me. I don't know Reddit, so talk to me about Reddit. Um, well, um, you just uh, you'll you'll get a page link. Um, probably pop that up onto our Twitter, so you can check mm-hmm. it out from there. But yes, by by now we should be on Reddit. Yes. Yes. Yay. By this is this is going to be released several weeks in the future. We're on Facebook so too. Did we say Facebook? We are on. We are on indeed on Facebook. Yeah. Yes. Um, three black halflings. Search on Facebook. Like the page. Uh, but yes, by the time this episode is released, uh, if we're not up on Reddit, I will be breaking all quarantine rules to go around to Unati's house and be like, why are we not on Reddit? <laughs> <laughs> I am busy trying to do my hair. Okay. Yeah, she she yeah, will have been yeah. doing her, her hair day. for five weeks by that point. In five <laughs> weeks. The problem is, is that she's trying to do, she's trying to find her hair in the jewels oh, and the gems. God, yeah. Right. And, yeah well, the... and part of it is that she has a lot of gold thread but she doesn't want yeah. to use that for her hair. But it yeah. gets mixed she, in. She, only, she has these tangles. She only uses of, the platinum thread for, yeah. her, for her hair. But yeah. obviously Solid based oh purely God. on sight, you have gold yeah. thread, silver thread, and platinum yeah. thread. And you know how thread gets when you don't wrap it up properly. It gets oh, tangled. Well, she has this massive ball. You wrap it up? She's, oh. No. I, that's what I keep telling her. You have to use the spools. You've got to wrap it up at the end of the day. You, you have to store spools. it properly, but she didn't. Spool it. And now it's. I've never seen a ball of thread this large before. It, it looks like the size of a child, Where does and she's come just been she's having to sort through it like by how? hand. <laughs> she had her servants doing it, but their fingers started bleeding. No, like and so she now, now obviously I have servants. You had no, you've had the servants, but yeah, you, you had you the servants it, before. But once they started to get more well-paid servants, yeah, once, once well-paid servants. Okay, so out of the goodness the of her heart, once Unati realized that this was causing actual injuries to her servants, she ordered gloves for them. But in the meantime, she's doing it herself until the gloves yeah. arrive and until the servants the can come arrive. back yeah. to help. Because she's fair. She's fair. Yeah. Nothing else. She's fair. Wow. Um, so one once Unati gets her platinum uh, threaded hair sorted. Uh, we will be up on Reddit, and a link will uh, be up. Please, can we have fan art of Unati with uh, platinum with hair? <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting in her goal, uh, d- a yes. pile of gold. Sitting in a pile Donald, of gold uh, and jewels. Uh, 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 um, a long Cruella uh, DeVille Spring- style, like the, the cigarette holder thing that she has, you know? Yeah. The really long yeah, black she, thing that she uh, that She's Cruella actually got DeVille a selection has. of those on the back wall. Uh, elbow length oh gloves. God. Yep. Just oh a beautiful bejeweled dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, jewel-encrusted oh glasses. Just floating floatin in a sea of gold. Yeah. Floating in a sea of gold. Oh. Please. House. Any, any fan art of that would be greatly appreciated. Oh. Hugely. In fact, I might even commission it. <laughs> I might even pay someone to do it. <laughs> Fine, if somebody does it, I'll get it tattooed when quarantine's like released. Oh, that, oh, that is here. That is, you, you heard, heard it here. here you heard it here. You heard it yeah. here. Make folks. this. Make this. It's gotta be really awesome though, because like, it's gotta be really cool. If it's bad, I'm not doing it. But if it's good, you will have I will get you will have tattooed. a permanent like you, like you could have your little signature underneath it. Like uh, every no time one's names. She's, no. She's gonna. Oh, you gotta credit the artist, you naughty. How could you? I can credit yeah, the artist with my mouth while yeah. speaking. <laughs> I'm not gonna have some random person's name. No, no, on no. Me. you have to have their name in Comic Sans underneath. Oh my god, no! <laughs> no! Comic Sans. No! Absolutely not. That was not the deal. That was not the deal. Oh, be no Comic Sans. What a disgrace. Can we, can we, in all promotional materials we release that involves yes, mentioning Unati, just have that 
her section Just, you know his name in Comic Sans, in Comic Sans. every time. <laughs> I'm about to come up to where y'all live and hit y'all upside the head. No! <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, there's always a moment in an episode where I start crying. That's happened. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Thank you. <laughs> we need to start developing headcanons about the other, uh, about ourselves as well. Yeah, Yunati, yeah, strike back. Feel free to strike back. Um, yeah. You know, uh, come back at us. We, we, we deserve We deserve as much punishment as you can dial out, especially Jeremy. You guys don't know how much I have to edit out of Jeremy just randomly making noises in the middle of episodes. <laughs> like, and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I honestly, I, I there was an episode, I don't remember if it's been released. Well, I guess we already recorded it. Yeah. But there's an episode where I just cycled through a bunch of noises. Yep. And I don't know why I did it. I just did. Yep, you did. You did, yeah. you did, you did, and uh, I think it should stay in the final cut, personally. Uh, we'll see. We will see. Um, so this has been three black halflings uh, for the fourth time. For the fourth time, three, three black train wrecks, as it often gets at this point of the episode. Yes, where we just three fall, black train wrecks. We just fall. Like I think people are just gonna get used to just scrubbing through to the middle of episodes, getting the actual bit about D and D, and then stop listening exactly. by this point. This is maybe this happens with every like DM style guide episode uh, where it just episode descends. because this is the first time we did it was with Monsa Monsa Musa May ain't got nothing on me yep. yeah and that was that was the first time we yeah, did yeah. it yep. and now it's come back yeah. yep yeah yeah we can't help but descend into yeah. madness yep it's just, it's just yeah. how it's what happens um descent into madness three back halflings thanks for listening bye. bye. Oh my god, bye. Oh my god, bye. Oh my god. Oh my god, bye. Oh my god, bye. Oh my god, bye, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. I'm you so are my favorite. Oh, you're my favorite. No. Even. Oh, oh, you're my favorite. No, you're my favorite. <laughs> you're my favorite. No, I, I, I swear. Okay, you're you know what? Actually, I'm leaving. You Goodbye. are Goodbye. my favorite. Yeah, don't you dare tell me I'm your favorite. You're my favorite. Seriously, you're my favorite. And if you if you say if you say otherwise, I will I will come for you. I promise. I know I where come I, to your house. I know where your family lives. Choke you until I see the light leave your eyes. <gasps> and as it leaves, Enter I will say, the... "You're my favorite. <laughs> you are my favorite. <laughs> my favorite. You're my favorite. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> listen, Yunati, you cannot talk. Okay. Last time we did this episode, <laughs> well, how you, are we still going? You fully. No, we're, we're definitely stopped. I'm, I'm fading up at this okay. point. We are fully done. <laughs> uh, uh, we can definitely, we can just stop recording. Yeah. No, clap, clap, clap. Oh, clap. Oh, clap.